AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. The storm has developed and is expected to intensify and spread over the next 12 hours. In the meantime, we've got a long list of issues that at least one farm state lawmaker is focused on. And it's Wednesday. That means it's time for this week's Farmer Forum. We'll talk foreign ownership of farmland, interest rates, and, of course, the weather. Live from the birthday of the greatest American ever born via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This morning we begin with a conversation with Congressman Randy Feenstra. Then it's our Farmer Forum with panelists Randy Ermacher and Ryan Wagner. Right after the news, Margie Eckelkamp from The Scoop. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson and now the host of AgriTalk, Jeff Flory. You know, might be pushing it a bit most handsomest american ever born you might be in the running for that oh i'm flattered that you would even put me in the same category as george washington but you know what now that i think of it it is my birthday today (laughs) (laughs) happy birthday brother how you doing oh man it's a great day already yeah it's a great day already it is it is weather getting to you down there a little bit uh, 62 degrees and rain locally here. I was hoping to go for a birthday bike ride. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to get it done today or not. All right. All right. Well, David, it looks faring? like, my, well, <laughs> so far, not too bad. We're getting, we've okay. gotten a little bit of ice. Uh, yeah. we are in an ice warning area and it looks like my signal is just a little sketchy yeah. right now. So let's go ahead and just get started with the news. What do you got? Yeah. You got a little Max Headroom going on there. (laughs) Let's get to the news where the U.S. Grains Council held its annual meeting and international marketing conference last week as Mexico changed its decree regarding the import of genetically modified corn. Mexico last week updated the decree to ban the importation of GMO white corn now and yellow corn at a later date. USGC President and CEO Ryan Legrand said it's a concerning issue. For U.S. farmers, it's very concerning. At U.S. Grains Council, we've not been so public about it. We've been trying to work behind the scenes on both sides, but it's about to come to a head. We'll see what our government's ready to do next. They've talked a little bit about maybe consultations or even a dispute settlement process within USMCA. We'll support whatever the government would like to do here. Chip, we keep hearing the suggestion of a dispute process in the USMCA. Does the U.S. not want to go there, perhaps? Oh, no, I don't. I think that is a very much a viable option. I don't I don't think you're ever looking for a fight mm-hmm. in it, you know, in in uh, on a trade agreement. But the U.S. has shown a willingness in the past to to pursue some sort of resolution in the courts uh, on trade agreements. So it, I, I don't think that that that's off the table at all. Well, Chip, earlier this month, Central Washington's Dan Newhouse led his House colleagues in the introduction of the Prohibition of Agricultural Land for the People's Republic of China Act. The legislation would prohibit the purchase of public or private ag land in the U.S. by foreign nationals associated with the government of the People's Republic of China. 
Yeah, we're going to be talking with Representative Feenster about his legislation, his proposed legislation that would uh, prevent that ownership as well. Indeed. Well, the fate of the 2023 Farm Bill will depend on the two parties agreeing on how to reconcile competing spending for food stamps versus commodity, crop insurance, and conservation programs. Senator Chuck Grassley's all riled up, spoke critically of USDA's huge boost in pandemic snap spending competing with Farm Bill programs. The Secretary of Agriculture does not have the constitutional power of the purse. And uh, that sort of uh, massive spending by one person making that decision is wrong. Well, Chip, from 2017 through 2019, U.S. ethanol production averaged 1.33 billion gallons per month, while consumption averaged 1.18 billion gallons per month. During the pandemic lows, those value, values fell by 46 and 40 percent, respectively, causing the ethanol share of finished motor gasoline to decline to 9 percent. More recently, estimates for these figures have largely recovered and leveled off. Since the highs of 2021, freight prices have dropped to lows not seen since June 2020, according to a recent analysis by U.S. Wheat Associates on February 6. The Baltic Dry Index hit 621, a level not seen since June 2020. That's down 88% from its peak in October 2021. Chip, uh, Canadian Super Pigs, a giant, quote, <laughs> incredibly intelligent, highly elusive wild hog capable of surviving cold climates, by tunneling under snow, are poised yeah. to infiltrate the northern United States. The U.S. estimates wild pigs already cause 1.5 billion smackers in damage each year. Man, yeah. super pigs. Yeah, we, you know, when we when we think about wild hogs, we think about the South, Texas, yeah. uh, into Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, in, down into Florida. You don't think about them in Canada, but they're there. They they're are there. there. Yep. One more quickly here. The Department of Ag will invest more than $4.86 million this year through the Joint Chiefs Landscape Restoration Partnership to mitigate wildfire risk, improve water quality, restore forest ecosystems, and contribute to USDA's efforts to combat climate change. Chip. All right. Thank you very much, Davis. Let's bring in Margie Echelkamp, editor of The Scoop. Good morning, Margie. Good morning, Chip. Okay. I'm kind of excited here. You're talking about the new product of the year. What do you got? Yes, we are able to announce the 2022 new product of the year as well as the runner up. So now this is voted on by our scoop audience and voting occurred up until New Year's Eve and now the big announcement, which is that Bayer Trivolt herbicide is the winner of the new product of the year. I think a big takeaway from this being named new product of the year is actually it was a launch unlike any other that bear crop science here in the U.S. had ever had. They had received EPA approval in February, and they had product that they were able to position in the market and do a huge campaign of more than 100,000 acres in demonstration mm -hmm. plots. Now, these were partnerships with retailers as well as farmer customers to really show how bear trivolt herbicide fits in to the agronomic needs of today's farmers. And so really provided a strong launch pad for the herbicide as it's going to be applied for the first commercial use here in 2023. 
Now the product runner up of the year is Growers Rally. So this is a software product that's available for ag retailers to help them digitize their business. It's really a sales enablement tool. And some farmers may have started to hear more about growers as they've now launched an app and an e-commerce offering with an expanded footprint across some areas of the East as well as now the Midwest. So Chip, you may ask, okay, Margie, why were these two products picked as the winners by our audience? And really... I'm not surprised. I think that there are so many in agriculture that need new weed control measures. So Trivolt herbicide definitely scratches that itch. And then also we are continuing this march with a huge momentum for how ag retailers are digitizing their business, which is definitely satisfied by the way that Growers Rally is looking to provide those tools for ag retail. Gotcha. Gotcha, Margie. That's exciting stuff. We appreciate you very much. And uh, you can learn more about it at www.thedailyscoop.com. Margie, thanks. Thank you, Chip. All right. Margie Echocamp, editor of The Scoop. When we come back, conversation with Representative Randy Feenstra from the 4th District of Iowa. He's worked up about some stuff. We've got it covered. Next. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Agritalk, where we solemnly vow no nickelback. Oops, check that. Only some nickelback on Agritalk. Welcome back to Agritalk. I'm your host, Chip Flory. Glad that you are with us on this Wednesday morning. Getting ready for the Farmer Forum coming up at the bottom of the hour. First, we're going to have a conversation with Representative Randy Feenstra. Uh, Representative Feenstra is a member of the House Appropriations Committee and the House Ag Committee. He represents the 4th District of Iowa. Congressman, welcome back to AgriTalk. How are you? Hey, Chip. Man, it is just great to be on with you. It's always good to be on with AgriTalk. And, yeah, I'm on Ways and Means, the, the, the big committee that handles tax and trade, and then also agriculture. So these, right. these, there's some big committees. Uh, for for uh, Iowa and, and our nation that, that I can be a part of and be a voice of. Excellent, excellent. Yep. Well, thank you for the the soft correction on that. I certainly appreciate it. The Ways and Means Committee. Yes. So it's I, all good. We, 
Yeah, we've got a little ground to cover because it's been a month or a little more than a month since you and I have talked. Uh, since then, President Biden delivered the, his State of the Union address. And Congressman, I thought he had an opportunity in there. And Jim Wiesmeyer and I talked about it as well. He, he had an opportunity to at least mention the farm bill as something that was an opportunity for some bipartisanship. And he didn't even use it for that. It, kind of a disappointment. Well, the whole speech, uh, the State of the Union, I mean, never once did he mention rural America. I mean, he was talking to the East Coast and the West Coast. But here at the Heartland, I mean, the, the, the breadbasket to the world was absolutely forgotten about, whether it be you know, the farm bill coming up, whether it be biofuels, uh, whether it be, you know, what we're doing uh, for, for uh, conservation and feeding the world through trade. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I was so disappointed in. I mean, there was not one mention, not one mention to, to help uh, how great our farm producers are and what they're doing for our great country. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was disappointing. What was your take on the speech in general? Well, it, it was very contentious. You know, I, I didn't think it was, uh, you know, a, a speech that rallied everybody together. I mean, everybody came out of there divided. I mean, when when things were thrown about, whether it be inflation, yeah. whether it be alleged, you know, cuts to Social Security and Medicaid, which will never happen. I, mean, I was just really disappointed in a leader trying to go after another party in the way he did. Uh, you know what? We have to work together in this country. Uh, we see that in ag all the time. We've got the farm bill coming up. It's always bipartisan. We've got trade uh, issues. That's always bipartisan. You know, those are the big issues of the day. Obviously, China, what's happening in China right now, um, mm-hmm. every, everybody's concerned about it. And it's not just one party or the other. So, Uh, I thought it should have been a speech of trying to get us to come together as a nation, and yet it seemed like it was dividing us. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned China. Uh, Obviously, tensions are high with that spy balloon that was shot down off the the East Coast. Uh, China continues to get a lot of attention here in the middle of the country as well because of investments in in farmland, investments in, in processing plants. You've... You're still working on the Farm Act, correct? Exactly. Again, uh, we're really trying to push this agenda, working with uh, uh, Chairman G.T. Thompson on how we can get this through. Again, what we're trying to do is try uh, figuring out who's buying our land, how we can investigate it, and how we can stop it from happening. It's a national and food security issue. And frankly, we believe that our farmland belongs to the American farmer. So there's a lot of talk on this issue right now, obviously mm-hmm. because of the balloons, because of the land being purchased uh, by Grand Forks, North Dakota, right next to a military base. Um, these, are, these are big security issues that, that we have to address. But along with that, I mean, you think of China right now, which really gets my goat is that uh, we export uh, almost uh, only $151 billion to them, and yet they import to us $538 billion. Hmm. So we're at a massive trade disadvantage to China. And China, you know, they're buying it from somebody, especially when you start thinking of our egg products, and it's not from us. It's from Brazil and other countries, and uh, that's leading to this massive trade deficit. And I, I really get grumpy about this is that, you know, we have this great opportunity. We saw that with, with the phase one trade deal, and, and yep. we should have done it with phase two. That sort of got left behind in the dust because of yep. sort of the administration not following through. 
again, we have to hold China accountable for these things. Right. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And and people still question whether or not phase one was real. It was real because the evidence showed up in, in the actual trade. Absolutely. You know, that's the biggest thing right now. I mean, we have a $948 billion trade deficit. And a lot of that comes from China, just that they're not buying our product anymore. And, you know, we're fortunate. Our commodity prices are, are strong right now. But, mm-hmm. you know, we need that export market to keep those prices strong. And the minute they start falling, uh, you know, we're going to be looking at trade. And I know yeah. being on Ways and Means right now, that's our number one topic. We're trying to figure out how we're going to push that agenda for trade. I was just in Mexico City uh, several weeks yeah. ago talking about, you know, 25% of our grain, corn, going to going to Mexico and how we need to make sure that through the USMCA that that gets done, that, you know, they take our GMO corn. And, uh, you know, they talked a lot about it. They said that hopefully in the next six to eight months we're going to get it resolved uh, before, uh, you know, the drop dead date uh, in end of 2024. So, uh, you know, we're, we're working but, very hard to, to try to get these things done in spite, in spite of the administration. Yeah. What, what is your outlook on that situation with Mexico and non-GMO corn or, or GMO corn? Do, do you think that's right, that it will be resolved before an actual ban takes place? I, I do. I was talking to the secretary of Mexico. Uh, you know, we tra- it's funny, we traded cell numbers and we've had some contact and, you know, he has assured me that they're going to get it resolved. So, I, you know, obviously we're me and others are going to hold their, their feet to the fire on, on getting this done. You know, yeah. President Andreas Manuel Lopez Abrador, you know, he said that he wants to phase it out. But um, I think it's more of a, a game that's being played for other other things to be negotiated. Okay. Yep. Yeah. But, boy, you, you can't <laughs> – as an industry, the – the 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 corn reps cannot uh, go forward with that assumption. Yeah. Just need to keep right. the fight up I mean, and and keep the yeah. word out. Yeah, I mean, you think about uh, two point five billion bushels uh, uh-huh. uh, go, uh, you know, are grown, and twenty five percent of that goes to Mexico. So this right. is a really big deal for us that that this has to happen. Right. Okay. Uh, let's get another status update. This one on WOTUS. Uh, the final rule, it, it seems like we went backwards in time a long ways, Representative Vinstra. Oh, yeah, we did. I mean, again, you know, local control, farmers, they, they take care of the land. They know what's best. And here it is. It's like a ping pong ball that obviously under the Biden administration, they really tightened it up. Uh, Trump, uh, re, you know, relaxed it a long ways, how it should be, what navigable waters should look like. And obviously now, the Biden administration, I mean, they absolutely doubled down. I frankly think they even went further than the Biden administration. Yeah. And yeah. I am so worried. I mean, just looking at what this rule looks like is that when you plow or you build a fence or whatever, I, to me, the rule says that you will need a federal permit to do any of this yeah. if in, if your land constitutes navigable water. And the navigable water might be a pond, might be a stream, and might yep. it could even be water coming out of a tile. So that that's where I just think this is so egregious. And, and here's my big issue: is that the EPA uh, director uh, Michael Regan said that they were not going to do anything until they heard the decision from the Supreme Court. Right. And that's not the case. All right. right. We're waiting for that decision to come down. 
Um, and, and that just it just irks me that that they're yeah. moving forward on this. Yeah. So I'm what with you. we need to do, obviously, this is going to be part of the farm bill. I mean, we've got to put it into law. Uh, yeah. what navigatable water means. Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. Uh, one last topic. We've only got about a minute and a half left here, but I'm going to go there. Are we going to have E15 available year round permanently? Yeah, I tell you what, uh, the great thing is the governors in the Midwest, uh, congressional members are pushing it. Uh, this is one thing we got to get the waiver. There's two ways to go. Either get the waiver through the EPA, which we're pushing again, you know, EPA is not our friends. Uh, or number two, we got to get it in the farm bill. Uh, again, creating sustainability. This is a big deal for every ethanol plant. It's a big deal for our families. Tw- you know, 23 to 30 cents reduction on every ga- gas uh, or every gallon of gas. And then obviously the farmer, right? I mean, it, this is a big deal when every other uh, roll of corn goes to ethanol. So okay. for our sustainability, we need to get this done. Yeah. Odds, what do you think? Uh, I think it's really good. I, I don't okay. think it's great that the EPA is going to do it. I think we're going to get in the farm bill. We're really pushing this agenda for the farm bill that that all the Midwest uh, uh, members and so forth uh, can get together and get this thing through. Gotcha. Gotcha. Representative Feinstra, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Uh, we'll talk again soon. Chip, it's always great to be on Talk. Thank you so much for having me on. You betcha. That is Representative Randy Feinstra, 4th District of Iowa. We got the Farmer Forum coming up next right here on AgriTalk. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Time for Markets Now with the experts from ProFarmer. Joining us now, ProFarmer editor Brian Grady. Beach, uh, there was mixed trade in the wheat market yesterday at this time. Kind of gave it up late and closed on session lows. And boy, some big follow through to the downside today. What's going on? Yeah, absolutely. HRW contracts are leading us down uh, in a big way. Uh, sharp losses there, but uh, also in the SRW markets. And, and so we got somewhat of a uh, technical breakdown going on. Um, you know, the, the global supply situation, Russia just continues to dominate uh, yeah. all the export news. And, and uh, so it's really hard to find uh, any anything positive at the moment. Uh, you know, the, some areas of the plains are going to get some precip here in the in the form of snow. And, and uh, so it's just kind of a, a negative uh, day in general. And, and uh, boy, the bears are, are hitting it pretty hard here at mid-morning. They certainly are. Uh, big gains in the soy complex yesterday backing off today. Yeah, uh, corrective uh, in nature there in the the uh, soybeans and soy meal, soy oil. 
Uh, it's trying to pull to yep. the upside a little bit. It's backed off its highs, but uh, uh, kind of doing it alone, so to speak. And and uh, it's going to be a really tough go, I think, for soy oil to pull the rest of the uh, the complex higher. Yep, we've also got corn trading four to five cents lower. Take us over to the livestock trade. Big gains in hogs yesterday, giving a chunk back today. Yeah, giving back uh, a lot large large portion of uh, what they gained yesterday just can't uh, get any kind of sustained buyer interest in there and and you know the the futures drought in front of the cash index and i think that that's the biggest thing today that's that's really uh causing traders to pull back from yesterday's strong gains uh live cattle markets quiet uh, as we wait on cash cattle trading and that's likely not to come until late friday after the cattle on feed report yeah, we got to get that cattle on feed report out of the way first. All right, thank you, Brian. That's Pro Farmer Editor Brian Grady on Markets Now. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. Knowledge is power. We're here to charge your batteries. AgriTalk. All right, welcome back to AgriTalk. It is Wednesday. It is time for the Farmer Forum. Let's go ahead and bring them in. Randy Ermacher out in Nebraska. Good morning, Randy. Morning, Chip. Hey, everything. I'm doing real fine, real fine. What are you up to this morning? I'm uh, hauling some corn to the ethanol plant. Actually, I'm next to dump, so (laughs) we might have to uh, get a few noises in here while we're (laughs) Dumping a load of corn, but other than that, I should be just fine. Yeah, no worries, no worries, man. Um, so the bit at the ethanol plant, the, the margin is still pretty decent there, and everything's uh, uh, going according to plan. Well, it, I, it's come down quite a bit. I mean, the, the basis has gotten, you know, there's less of a premium on the basis right now than what there was when I sold this. But um, I think, you know, basis is kind of holding steady here the last month or so. Um, you know, I don't know, roughly that 50 over neighborhood. Stuff I'm hauling is 75 or 78 over. Okay. Okay. Yeah, everybody, everybody is watching what's going on with Nebraska basis this year, trying to get a handle on when basis strength that that uh, the feed yards are pulling from, that some of the ethanol uh, ethanol plants are pulling from. You know areas to the east where that might start to dry up. Uh, does it does it feel right. like that has happened? Well, it's happened a little bit. You know, it's yeah. it's definitely weaker than it once was. Yeah. But uh, you know, seasonally, it's still pretty darn good. Yeah. You know, we can't complain too bad. It's just that the guys that didn't get their bases locked in did you know lose that uh, big premium. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. We'll let you get uh, the dump started there and bring in Ryan Wagner out of South Dakota. Good morning, Ryan. Morning, Chip. Hey, how's things up your way today? Well, uh, not too bad at the moment, uh, but things are about to get worse this afternoon as far as the weather goes. we got a pretty substantial winter storm and blizzard coming through. We're in a blizzard warning right now. Um, five below. This morning, visibility isn't too bad, but uh, once the snow starts and this wind is blowing 25, 30 miles an hour, we're going to have some trouble here this afternoon and and all day tomorrow, it sounds like. Yep, yep. Well, out west of you right now, conditions look terrible. I mean, I I don't mean to 
I don't mean to yeah. put <laughs> But they do. They just look terrible out west of you right now. It is a serious storm. Yeah, yep, and that's that's heading this way. Um, yeah. we had some white out conditions here Monday already and, and a little bit of a break here yesterday and today, but it's uh school's been called off. I don't yep. imagine they'll go to school tomorrow either and right. and Friday is looking doubtful too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um School called off here in Northeast Iowa, too. We're on the other side of that front right now. Um, we're not quite as cold as you are. We're, we're only like 27, 28 degrees. But, boy, we're primed up and, and supposed to be getting some ice here at some point. Uh, and, and we're getting a little bit, but uh, nothing too serious quite yet. So what are you thinking about these days, Ryan? Oh, um, yeah, just looking at the, the markets a little bit too like yep. randy i mean we're not we're not getting anywhere near 50 over here for our corn but basis is kind of doing the same thing it's been backing off a little bit uh i think average ethanol plant basis is maybe 10 under five under something like that when we were at uh paying overs not all that long ago so um yeah i think we we have a pretty strong draw to our south as well in areas where there was a short crop last fall and and the feedlot markets, you know, on the rail down to as far as Hereford, Texas and things like that. I think some corn maybe making its way that direction from from here. But uh yeah, other than that, just trying to trying to stay ahead of the weather and yeah. and and uh get some get some corn moved ourselves here when the weather allows. Yep, yep, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, guys, one of the things that we just talked about with Randy Feenstra, representative Feenstra from uh, fourth district district of Iowa was that his farm act. And it is a piece of legislation that prevents foreign ownership of farmland. It's aimed at China. What do you think of, of, of that, Randy, do we need legislation on the books to prevent Chinese ownership of farmland? Well, I'm not one to write mandates or limit what people can do. Yeah. But, you know, this is important enough. I think we do need it on the books. Uh, we can't have foreign countries coming in and taking over our food supply. I mean, that's just that's just a dangerous way to, to do business, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ryan, what about you? I mean, it's north of you, that piece of farmland that was purchased up around Grand Forks. They were going to put in a, a corn processing plant up there. But the Air Force mm-hmm. came out and said, "Nope, it's too close to an Air Force base." Is that uh, d- d- is? Do we need this on the books? This this kind of legislation. Well, I'm kind of with Randy. I'm not I'm not huge on on mandates and things like that. And I think that there's, you know, I haven't read the legislation. I don't know what you know loopholes there might be. But I, I would think if a foreign person or foreign entity wants to own farmland, they could just um by or, or form another entity and and hide it a little bit that way i don't know maybe there's provisions in the bill for doing yeah. that so I, I think it's going to be tough to tough to do and you know if, if we're concerned about um foreign ownership of our food supply i mean where where were we when uh china gained a controlling interest in smithfield and yep and uh, you know some of these other major um corporations that are involved in in processing in the country. I mean, uh, I mean, that ship has probably already sailed. Yeah, yeah. You know, 
Randy, that's that's the follow up to this question: is how far do you push it? Uh, do do you tell China, listen, that investment in Smithfield is your last, and that's not going to happen anymore? But what about companies like Bear, BASF, Syngenta? There's foreign ownership in those, and and in many ways they're considered American companies. You know what I mean? How, how yeah. where do you draw the line? Yeah, I do. <laughs> that's a good question, you know, and. And the environment we're in, we're in a world economic, you know, uh, you know, it's not just our country or our county or state, you know, it's worldwide and it's going to be very difficult to draw the line in the sand or, or, you know, I guess, uh, stop any of that kind of stuff. It's, it's just, uh, the atmosphere we're in and what we've created. And like you say, it's the ship has sailed and it's going to be hard to turn that back. Yep. Yep. And, you know, another one that we should at least bring up is JBS, Brazilian ownership of a beef processor, mm-hmm. Ryan. It, it, uh, it, it, when it happened, I mean, I was looking at it with a bit of a side eye thinking to myself, this is going to be a problem in the future. And it, I'm not saying that it, that, that it's created problems in the market, but maybe this legislation is going to force uh, taking a second look at that deal. Yeah, I like I said, I haven't read the legislation. I don't know if it it's got any provisions in there for for yeah. uh, processors as well, or if it's just a land ownership deal. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, you're right. Yeah, JBS is Brazilian owned. I mean, the focus is on China, but um, yeah. if it's uh, all foreign entities, or are we just singling out certain countries? I mean, we. That's uh, that's the question, I guess. That's right. Is that's exactly right. Exactly. How far do you take it? Yep. Yep. Okay. I'm going to switch gears on you guys. I want to talk about carbon a little bit. Um, Ryan, have you a looked into signing up for one of the carbon programs that are out there? Uh, yeah. Well, let's start there. Um, I haven't researched it real heavily. We have not signed up for anything. I'm just okay. kind of still in wait and see mode to see what develops. I mean, I think there's we have a long ways to go to have um, somebody take the lead on it and, and as an entity and, and aggregate the, you know, or gather a bunch of farmers and, and be able to sell the credits and, and yeah. things like that. So I have not looked into it on our farm. There's been several meetings around that I've just kind of been on a wait and see and, and talking to people who've been to the meetings yeah. um, from what I've heard that uh, the the payments that they're talking are are just not making it worth our time at the okay. moment. So I guess that's where I'm at. Um, yep. Still in a wait and see mode on it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Randy, what about you? Have you looked into it? Yeah. Um, I've looked into it a little bit. Uh, I'm, I'm like Ryan. I haven't done anything. Uh, the payments don't seem to be worth your while at this point. You know, it's kind of in a wait and see mode and, and, uh, you know, see what happens here. One of my concerns yet, and I've seen things both ways, is if you're already doing these practices, mm-hmm. you know, you're not going to benefit from some of them programs, from what I understand. And it's yep. like you're almost punishing the people that have done the right thing over the years and, you know, actually rewarding the people that haven't if yep. that's the way they're going to base these programs. Yep. I mean, you're strip till, right, Randy? Yeah, yeah, we yeah. strip till. We've got you know a uh, small amount of cover crops we do every year, 
I wouldn't yeah. say it's a you know large amount, but um, we do do some cover crops, strip till, and some no till. So you know we've been trying to do the right thing, you know, for the last twenty years, and and uh, I just feel well, some of these programs, if they're not written right, will punish us for doing the right thing over the last two decades. Right. Right. You know, maybe we could get somebody like, uh, you know, some one of the corn processors out there or maybe even the ethanol plant to go ahead and pay you more, pay you a premium per bushel for for the efforts that you've that you've got in place and have and have had in place. I wonder if they'd be willing to do that. (laughs) So I suppose they have to get paid somehow. So they're going to have to get the return on the other end if someone pays for, you know, pays them for that type of uh, an ethanol product yep yep so that's one of the one of the uh possibilities that we need to talk about okay we're going to come back with wrap up the farmer forum next from powering irrigation engines to warming buildings propane has always been a part of american farm life now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. AgriTalk is brought to you by the Mosaic Company, the leaders in advanced crop nutrition. And welcome back to AgriTalk and the Farmer Forum. We've got Randy Ermacher from Nebraska, Ryan Wagner from South Dakota. All right, uh, let's talk about some of the opportunities for the year ahead that you that that you are looking to grab. I mean, the spring price on crop insurance. We're looking at it's going to be close to five ninety five for corn. Going to be close to thirteen seventy, thirteen seventy to thirteen seventy five for soybeans. Uh, it's already at eight seventy nine for spring wheat. Ryan, is that going to influence anybody's decisions on on the crop mix this year? Um, I don't know if that spring price is going to have a whole lot of influence this this year. I mean that. That puts that uh, price ratio at around 2.3 to 1, which is mm-hmm. pretty well neutral. Um, I think, uh, at least up in our neck of the woods, spring planning decisions are almost always hinging on the weather. Uh, yeah. we got a pretty good snowpack up here and, and into North Dakota and Minnesota as well. And if we get a decent melt and, and we can get in the field early, I mean, it's, it's fairly dry under there still. I think we're heading into this this fall a lot drier than in previous years. So I think we do have a chance to warm up and dry out and, and get in the field at a decent time, as long as weather cooperates. I was just talking with another guy the other day, it, you know, March looks like it might be a little warmer, but really the key is going to be April. If we can get some sort of warm up and drying weather in April, I think we have a good shot at getting in it on time yet. So, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, 
with those spring prices, this year's price on beans is, is you know almost fifty cents lower than last year. Yeah. So corn is a little, looking a little bit better, and and fertilizer prices are coming down. So I think guys are taking a second look at corn that maybe they weren't uh, a few months ago. But uh, like I said, it's going to be really weather dependent, and and um, I think that spring wheat is is going to be the one that probably takes yeah. the back seat this year with with that guarantee being lower. Okay. All right. Yeah, I was just going to go to spring wheat and see if we could get some acres up there, but that's there. There's another one. I, I mean, if it doesn't, uh, if we don't see the hard red winter wheat crop uh, improve this spring. You never know. We could see a little incentive come in for the spring wheat uh, acres yet yet this spring. I don't know if we can move any acres yep. around, but the incentive might be there. Yeah, it's got a long ways to go to, yeah. to get close to soybeans and corn on a, corn on a on a revenue basis. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, what about you, Randy? Um, any changes possible on the acreage mix yet this spring? Oh, nothing major. I mean, we had a little bit. I was going back and forth on uh, early on, and and I ended up uh, deciding to plant corn. And uh, but you know, we're going to stick to that third beans, two thirds corn ratio. It just seems to work out for us real well as far as you know, machinery load and labor, and and uh, getting everything combined. You know, we knock the beans out, and we head to corn and get that knocked out. It just works good for us, and. And I'm never any good at uh, second guessing which crop is going to be worth more at harvest time or during the summer when you you know are pricing it. I, every time I've tried to outguess it, I guess it wrong. So I just stick to <laughs> stick to my uh, yeah you know typical plan, I guess for the most part. Gotcha. Are there any water restrictions in your area, in your wa- your water district, or your resource district? Uh, for the year ahead? Well, we have two pivots in the Republican uh, River Valley, and they are restricted to nine inches a year, but that's over a five-year period. And I'm thinking that that uh, period ended last year, so we're going to start out with a new one this year. And, you know, you can average that out and use it however you want uh, over them five years. Right. Uh, The rest of our pivots as of right now, are not in any uh, restriction. But if we had another year like this last one, you know, and not get the recharge in our aquifer like we normally do, um, I could see that one going into restriction too, and that's going to be a 12-inch per year over a five-year, you know, time period, which that, if you irrigate properly, we'll have no problems with. Uh, the nine-inch one, you know, that gets a little dicey. You've got to really plan ahead on that and make sure you don't water when you don't need to. Yeah, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Um, the the recharge, how do you think – what is your, your moisture situation out there right now, Randy? It's getting better. Um, we've gotten some snow and moisture over the winter. Um, but we were in an 18-month period where we were way below normal, you know, as far as moisture is concerned, and that gets concerning. But the weather patterns seem to be changing to a more typical pattern. Uh, You know, we've had a couple of nice snows, a couple of, you know, half-inch, three-quarter-inch rains, and uh, 
it's making it sloppy on days like yesterday when it got yeah. warm out. I tell you that. Uh, that's one thing I didn't miss when we were going through our drought is uh, the spring thaw. But uh, that's just part of it if we want to have some moisture, I guess. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Ryan, higher interest rates, have they changed how you do business? Have they changed how you market your crops? Any influence day-to-day? Um, yeah, they have. I mean, I think a lot of guys have been – a little bit, you know, maybe not caught off guard, but getting a little sticker shock at some of their operating line renewals lately that they've, they've went up quite a bit since last year. And, you know, it, if you're going to borrow money to, you know, pay rent coming up or, you know, keep a hedge on or, or whatever, or just plain old not sell grain and have that cash flow, it, it just flat out costs more than it used to. And so yeah. it is affecting. I think it's affecting marketing decisions. I mean, it should be anyway because yeah. um, that interest expense is real and and the cost of money is higher than it used to be. So, um, you know, a lot of guys have gotten in the habit of selling or just kind of holding on to grain and hoping for higher prices later and it's worked out. But yeah. now that decision gets a little bit tougher because, you yes, know, you, you need that cash flow and, and uh, you, can, yep. you can, if you sell some grain, you can not have to rely on that operating line quite as much. Exactly, exactly. Guys, great conversation this morning. Stay safe, stay warm. Appreciate you a bunch. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Jeff. You bet. All right, that's Randy Ermacher out in Nebraska. Ryan Wagner from South Dakota. Thank you for listening this morning. Come back this afternoon. We're going to have a conversation with Mark Holbrock from the Andersons right here on Agritalk.